feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Ago, the House of Representatives passed the debt ceiling bill, and it turned out that there were more Democrats voting for it than Republicans. It was a stunning moment, and a lot of questions now about Kevin McCarthy's leadership and also this package in general. We'll see where it goes from here. Of course, it will indeed go to the Senate. Uh, but boy, uh, there were a lot of Republicans who voted against it. 71 Republicans in the House decided not to vote for it. That is a stunning number. And at the end of the day, the vote was 314-117 in the House. Again, now it goes over to the Senate, where there is also still a lot of division as well. And Kevin McCarthy just came out a few minutes ago. Uh, saying that this puts IRS agent hires on hold. That's not quite clear, however. He does say that he hopes to get more money eventually or money allocated over for more border agents. Let's hope that that's the case. Boy, do we need that. Um, and he says that this is at least one of the biggest spending cuts uh, and shortfalls, at least, in some time. So let's see where it goes. But clearly... A lot of people in the GOP caucuses are not happy, especially the Freedom Caucus, which is the conservative wing that was, remember, fighting Kevin McCarthy tooth and nail. Uh, well, they have shown up again tonight in big numbers and some of them already calling for him to be removed, saying this is not what they bargained for. Kevin McCarthy saying this is a step and that he hopes next year, because this is just kind of carrying it over till next year, with some holds on until that time that he hopes the big fight will be next year. But at least he says it is, quote, a step in the right direction. So we're going to talk about that, but also what does it mean and where are we headed? And boy, it just shows how fractious the GOP is as we are heading into high time for election season. Uh, Chris Christie, it looks like, will be announcing next week. Also, we're hearing that Mike Pence, the former vice president, is going to be announcing next week. So the GOP presidential field is about to get a lot more crowded. And today, just a few hours ago, James Comer finally had a conversation with Christopher Ray. Later on in the hour, in about half an hour from now, we are going to be joined by Fox News legal analyst Greg Jarrett to get his take on where he thinks things are going to go from here, because there were some developments uh, in the case. Basically, Ray said that he will show the document. However, it sounds like a redacted document to James Comer and also to Chuck Grassley. But that's about it. He is still refusing to hand over the document all the way to Congress. And also, it's unclear if he's going to show them an unredacted Version. So it could be Joe Biden did this, got this from blank to blank, and it was this kind of money and it was this kind of country, and here's the person blank. I mean, how much does that help? I absolutely agree with James Comer that it is high time to push Christopher Ray to deliver the documents. Look at ways that they went after Steve Bannon. 
Remember when Steve Bannon, they said, wasn't handing over information and wasn't testifying. And then they went after him. They arrested him tooth and nail. And yet it's okay now for the FBI director to defy Congress. I don't think so. They gave him a subpoena. It has passed. And now James Comer, as of a few hours ago, despite the conversation that he had with Christopher Ray, is saying that if there's no new development until, say, Tuesday, Wednesday next week, they will go forward with charges against the FBI director saying that he is in contempt of Congress. That is a huge, huge development. What are your thoughts about that? And where do you think it's going? The good news today is, by the way, that Ray admitted the document exists. That is a really, really big deal because he did come out and essentially say, yes, it's here. And you know how it came out? I was just seeing a little bit ago, James Comer essentially said that in the conversation with Ray, he was talking to him and said, I've seen the document. In other words, maybe the whistleblower maybe took a picture of it or whatever the case is, had some verification to show them that there was such a document. And until that moment, he said in the phone call, Ray wasn't even admitting that there was a document. He was kind of like, well, if there were to be a document, if there were to be this. And, and finally, Comer, and his like plain talk, which I love, he basically said, listen, FBI director, I know what the document says. It's this, 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 this. And then he said, suddenly, at that moment, then the FBI director said, oh, uh, yeah, there is a document, and I'll let you come see it. So how are you supposed to trust this FBI director if he's like playing footsies and not even fessing up that indeed the document existed until Comer said, uh, I basically have seen the document, so I do know it exists. Oh, 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 okay, yeah, there is a document. I mean, where do we go from here and how do we even trust the FBI and the DOJ after all the politics and everything else that has taken place with this FBI and just the games and the double standard that we have seen. It is hard to believe. Here is James Comer a little bit ago talking about the need for the FBI to finally deliver the document without redactions to Congress. The FBI needs to comply with our request. And for them to issue a statement yesterday that was just blatantly false, uh, that lowers my confidence in the FBI even more, and I'm about at zero with them now. It is past time. They have stonewalled us for weeks. This isn't the first thing we've asked for from the FBI. Uh, We asked for information pertaining to classified documents that Joe Biden had in his possession, and they said they couldn't communicate with us because that was classified. Well, this 1023 form is not classified. There's no reason for them not to work with us on this investigation. So where do you see this headed? Is it going to be a showdown at high noon now that clearly Ray is playing games? Oh, no, no, no. I can't show it to you. It has to be redacted. You know what those redacted documents look like. It's like 90% with the big black lines through it. You can't even, it's like Joe B-I-D-E-N will probably be like blacked out. You know, I mean, this is so ridiculous. And the double standards by this FBI, whatever it's been anything Trump, oh, yeah, Uh, No problem. Let's go raid Mar-a-Lago. Oh, yeah, let's go after Steve Bannon. Let's go after Peter Navarro. And yet, on the other hand here, it's like, oh, no, 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 we can't do this. Give me a break. And to add salt to the wound, my goodness, good old James Comey suddenly creeped out of a rock 
This is the former FBI director. Remember this guy. This guy was the biggest disaster. Remember what a political animal he turned out to be with Trump? And then even with the Hillary Clinton stuff, remember he was like, this is what she did. She bleached bit this. She did that, essentially did all that. But no reasonable prosecutor would file charges. So that's why I'm not going to do any charges. Well, today he came out in defense of Christopher Ray, as if James Comey is the man of ethics. Take a listen. Should he be turning over this internal document? I don't know enough about the particular document to say. But well, it, it's the document. You know what it is. It's, a, it's got many numbers in it, but it essentially outlines what a undisclosed witness or whistleblower told officials. And this would concern the Biden family, these accusations that have um, not been presented with evidence, but from the Oversight Committee, the accusations they've made. Director Ray is a person of principle, and so I'm sure he's trying to ascertain what's the right thing to do, consistent with Department of Justice policy and tradition. Right. He's a person of principle. And yet they seem to be, whenever it's Republicans, let's go for it. So that's why it's really hard to believe that there is no politics, and especially coming from James Comey, the king of politics himself. And then, of course, he couldn't help but being on CNN and taking a swipe at President Trump. Take a listen. Why do you think so many Republicans have turned on the FBI? I think it's largely because Donald Trump and those around him have seen the FBI as a threat. And so they've taken a blowtorch to try and tear down that threat. It's really unfortunate. The notion that the FBI is some sort of leftist cabal out to get the Republicans is so crazy. It just shows you how crazy our times are. Yeah, I'm sure it's just a total coincidence. James Comey, former FBI director, remember who leaked the documents to a reporter because he couldn't wait to get it out there. This is a guy who's broken protocol left and right and has been such a disgusting political animal that, right, it's just a, it's just a GOP cabal. Here's a little bit more of why he thinks people don't trust the FBI. He doesn't blame it on the FBI's actions or DOJ. He blames it, of course, on Trump. Gallup showed that in 2014, 62 percent of Republicans had a favorable view of the agency. Now it's 29 percent. What can be done to correct that? And what if it doesn't change? What happens? Well, it will change. The FBI will be fine in the long run. This fever around Donald Trump and the MAGA world will eventually break. But it's become somehow a nutty article of faith that the FBI is out to get Republicans. If you'd asked people 20 years ago whether that would someday be the accusation, they'd say that's nuts. It's nuts, but it will pass. It's a nutty article of faith. All right. So she asked, this is Poppy Harlow on CNN, asked, does he feel any regret over the Russia investigation? Remember the big Russia hoax, of course, uh, that Comey was a huge part of. All the stuff tied that John Durham has determined was a bunch of hogwash set up by Democrats. And you would think that this guy would have one ounce of remorse, but he does not. Take a listen. So, again, he says it's all a nutty article of faith that GOP are somehow inventing uh, that they're out to get them, that the FBI could be out to get them. Well, maybe it's because of the track record of the FBI, particularly as we have seen, especially Look at the Durham report. That is a searing report of the FBI and DOJ. And yet, if you ask James Comey, the former FBI director, the disgraced one, this is what he had to say about the Russia hoax. Take a listen to this. The FBI never should have launched a full probe 
of Trump and Russia. And he said that the FBI used raw, unanalyzed and uncooperated intelligence and essentially a different standard than they used with Hillary Clinton. Do you have any regrets about how you and the team handled that investigation? No. And there's nothing None. new in his report about the FBI. He thinks it ought to have been a prelim investigation, not a full, and the differences would be boring to your, your listeners and your viewers. He agrees that the FBI had to examine this and open an investigation. Yeah. In other words, no regrets whatsoever. I mean, that is just obscene after what that blistering report came out from John Durham. But if you listen to James Comey, no, no problem. And, and I can't imagine why Republicans think that the FBI might be doing a double standard with them. Is this guy dumb and stupid? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline, line four. Jacqueline, your thoughts about where this is headed with Comer and Ray and the kooky comments from James Comey. Rita, like I said last night, Christopher Ray needs to go to jail. That's the only thing that these criminals understand. Take away their freedom. Start with him, and the FBI needs to be completely disbanded and start all over again. There's a saying, the fish rots from the head. In this case, it starts with Christopher Wray, but it goes all the way to the top with uh, the current occupant of the White House. Yeah, you know, clearly he's sanctioning this. I mean, he, you know, and he was laughing, like even, you know, even I think about even after Mar-a-Lago raid, it was like, oh, I had nothing to do with that. Yeah, right. It turned out that he was basically giving the green light to the National Archives to start the investigation. He was pushing it. I mean, and then think about all the hogwash. It just came out recently that Obama and Biden were well aware of the whole Russia hoax. They knew it was wrong and they didn't say anything about it. That's called complicit. Don't you think, Jacqueline? Well, that none of that surprises me. And they're laughing because they are making fools out of every single one of the American people. It's got to stop. Uh, as far as the uh, budget is concerned, I think it's a good thing that a lot of the Republicans stood their ground. But they don't have any leverage right now with regard to the Senate. They got the Congress, but that's about it. So they have to wait till they're in a, a, a more favorable position to get all of their demands met. But it's a start. Yeah, and, and that's what I think it is. I think it is a start. And I also do respect others who are holding the line. I think debate is a good thing, and I think it's a good topic. Look, uh, they're saying this doesn't go far enough. We've been spending like drunken sailors. And so I respect those comments coming from them, too, as well. Jacqueline, thank you very, very much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And corruption... And politics within the FBI, sadly, is not a surprise these days. And today, John Kirby, who is one of the spokespeople there at the White House with the National Security Council, was asked a question about Biden being corrupt. And he can't, you got to hear this one. 53% of the public, including a fourth of Democrats, believe, quote, 
Joe Biden was involved with his son in an, in an illegal influence peddling scheme. Uh, there's, of course, evidence that the president interacted with his relatives, associates from China, uh, Mexico, Kazakhstan, Russia, and Ukraine. Uh, so what do you say to the majority of Americans who believe that the president is himself corrupt? President, the president, the president has spoken to this. Uh, the president has spoken to this, uh, and there's nothing to these claims. Oh, no, nothing. There's only shell companies, uh, more than pieces on a chessboard. That's all. And there's a document that the FBI now we know exists and is exactly basically what this whistleblower alleges. And for some reason, the FBI doesn't want to hand it over to Congress. So you be the judge. Here is Jason Chaffetz, former member of Congress, talking on Fox earlier today about what he sees going on here. What uh, Chairman Comer is doing is a duly issued subpoena to the Federal Bureau of Investigation on an unclassified document. There is no reason, no excuse why they shouldn't cough this up other than it has to do with Joe Biden is the only excuse that they have. They don't. They have a commander in chief and they're protecting him. And they are clearly protecting him. They sure as heck weren't doing that with Trump. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to John, line seven. John, your thoughts about this. When the issues with Trump came up in 2017, my assumption was they wouldn't go after a sitting president unless they had something. Possibly because of the nature of how they would acquire information about how a president is relating to a foreign power like Russia, it would be something they couldn't generally release. It might have been an intercept from a new technological system. It might have been a human source, perhaps, in the Russian Federation government. And that perhaps they had to go to the FISA court to back into it, to get something they could release generally to the public to back an impeachment or the removal of a president they'd found to be corrupt. However, that didn't turn out to be the case, and the Durham report is a pretty good recapitulation of how it wasn't the case. Absolutely. That's an enormous problem, and it's an enormous problem for the stability of our country going forward. If a president can be removed because he's disliked, or is seen as not fitting in with with the general consensus who has been duly elected, how can we say we're a republic? How can we say we're a government of laws and not of men? Yeah, 1,000%. I think there's a lot at stake, John, and I think you're aptly uh, putting it out there because it goes well beyond any president. It goes to the institution and the trust, um, and you're right. And the fact that the Democrats don't even want to acknowledge that is actually really, really scary. John, thank you very much. Let's go to Jeff. Line four, real quick, your thoughts, Jeff. Yes. Uh, I think what has to be done is uh, eliminate the name FBI, call it USBI, United States Bureau of Investigation. Every time they see the name change, they'll remember what they did wrong. And that's the first stop, start to clear the name and bring back the, the, the old uh, bureau. That's an interesting point. Right. Call it something else. Say you are not worthy of what the name was originally. They need a clean house. Keep the good ones, but absolutely get rid of the bad. We're going to have Gray Jarrett after the break.
The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from Newport Ritchie, Florida, where a man was rescued from inside a car that was partially submerged in a canal on Sunday night, but was later charged with driving under the influence. It happened around 9 o'clock on Sunday, and police and fire personnel responded to reports of a car partially submerged in a canal with someone inside. The 2013 Gray Infinity came to a final rest with the back tires at the edge of the seawall, the hood of the car completely submerged, and water inside the passenger compartment. Inside the submerged car, Newport Ritchie police found 36-year-old Vincent Monroe, who was reportedly bent over and completely unconscious inside. Officers were able to make their way into the water, break open a window, and successfully pull him out of the vehicle. He appeared to be showing indications of a possible opioid overdose, overdose, and Narcan was immediately administered by police and fire rescue personnel. After a short time, he regained consciousness. The 36-year-old was taken to a nearby hospital for treatment and is said to be recovering well. And it just shows the incredibly heroic work of our police men and women around the country. And joining us now to talk about the latest in the James Comer versus FBI Director Christopher Ray battle over a potential Biden bombshell document that could be showing bribery is Fox News legal analyst Greg Jarrett, who has also written what is sure to be another big bestseller. It just came out yesterday. The book is called The Trial of the Century. Greg, great to have you here on the show. Oh, Rita, it's always my pleasure. Good to talk to you. You know, first, I just want to get to all this news with James Comer and Christopher Ray. They had a discussion today, and at the end of it all, it looks like now Ray is saying, okay, you know what, you can come and look at it privately, look at this document. He confirmed it exists, so that's interesting, but he's not sharing it with all of Congress. What's your reaction to all this? Well, it's not complying with a duly authorized congressional subpoena, and there's no legitimate basis for Ray to refuse. The document is not classified. The FBI now admits its existence after waffling about that, which is suspicious on its own. And Congress has a right to see it under its constitutional oversight duty. Uh, And if, you know, if there's a concern about a confidential informant, that name can easily be redacted. So it appears there are a couple of choices, criminal contempt or civil contempt. Um, the, The criminal contempt would send it to the U.S. attorney in Washington. But that person appointed by Biden reports to Garland, who reports to the president, who's the subject of the disputed document over evidence of crimes. And raise the target of the criminal contempt if they choose that course. And he reports to both Garland and Biden. So there's an obvious multiple uh, disqualifying conflict of interest. If you give it to Garland, he'll do nothing. And he won't abide by federal regulations that demand he recuse himself. So that leaves you with a second option, civil contempt. Uh, which is filing a lawsuit in federal court, uh, sending the matter to a federal judge who could then order Ray to comply 
problem with that is it's often time consuming. It can take months or even a year for a judge to rule. Wow. So do you think, obviously, that may be the only option? And if that's the case, then they just kind of play the waiting game. Well, I mean, they may choose option number one, criminal contempt, because um, it would be ugly for Garland to do nothing since he went after, you know, Steve Bannon. Uh, you know, the Justice Department went after Steve Bannon. Boy, did, boy did he go contempt. after Steve Bannon. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, they really did. And uh, so, you know, it would look like it's purely politically motivated, which is what Garland does with everything. So, you know, they may want to create the criminal contempt, ugly comparison to expose Garland for what he is. He's been running a protection racket for uh, the Biden influence peddling scandals. You know, how big of a deal is it? Uh, if they do do that, and just like you said, it would certainly highlight the double standard, my goodness, which you have so eloquently, you always talk about on the air. Um, how big of a deal is it if they go after Ray? And do you think he'll ultimately comply or do you think is your gut that he'll just kind of hold fast? Oh, he'll probably try to follow the Eric Holder model of continuing to obstruct and hope that the matter goes on for more than a year, uh, maybe two years, uh, and a change in Congress, and then it's all withdrawn. So, you know, he's betting the odds of history. But uh, what we did hear from Ray is that the document exists. He is saying to Comer and also Grassley, hey, you guys can come in and see it. At least that's a start. Um, what do you think this may reveal? I mean, clearly the document exists. And I think it's really interesting that uh, at least he's confirmed that it is there. It's an FD-1023. That could even be explosive just that they get a look at it. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a, a, a document that in and of itself um, doesn't uh, support a crime. It requires uh, other measures of proof. But uh, it apparently, according to a whistleblower exposed this, comes from a a uh, confidential informant who has been reliable in the past and had direct access to what what happened, which is uh, the exchange of apparently $5 million uh, for Biden's uh, promise to alter uh, a policy dictate, uh, apparently when he was vice president of the United States. You know, Obama put Biden in charge of a lot of different countries. And isn't it interesting that all of them um, are involved in his son's influence peddling schemes? And, and, you know, documents on the laptop implicate the father as complicit in, you know, the selling of access and promises of future influence. Now, you know, Democrats love to say, oh, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's wrong, but it's not a crime. Nonsense. They don't know the law. It is a crime. It's a crime under the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, a uh, crime of conspiracy. It involves bribery. Uh, and, and beyond that, you know, uh, arguably selling out your nation is, you know, uh, treason, bribery, high crimes and misdemeanor and impeachable offense under the Constitution. So, you know, Americans deserve to have some answers. And, you know, Congress has every right to see the evidence. I mean, who in the world trusts the FBI to do the right thing after we watched their devious activities 
in the Trump-Russia phony collusion hoax, and then their manipulation and censoring in the 2020 election of the laptop story, pressuring social media into suppressing and silencing. Yeah, you're right. Boy, they have a huge credibility issue. And we're talking about, of course, legal proceedings. Greg Jarrett, you have just written uh, this awesome book uh, called Trial of the Century. The book just came out yesterday. I'm so proud of you. This is really interesting. And I want to get your sense as to why you picked this case. Of course, it was a huge case in history. Uh, the Scopes Monkey Trial. Tell us what drew you to this. And boy, is it timely. Well, it started when I was a teenager and I grabbed a book off my father's bookshelf and it was a biography by uh, the great Irving Stone on Clarence Darrow. And I kept reading and I read it all and I read it over again and I admired his passion for the law, sense of justice, his commitment to civil liberties and intellectual freedom and you know, it changed my life that that's when I decided, you know, to become a lawyer. And at the back of the book, uh, there was a chapter on the 1925 Scopes Monkey Trial, Darrow's most famous case. And at risk and in jeopardy was our cherished right to free speech. In Tennessee, they'd made it a crime for a schoolteacher to teach evolution um, because they feared it might conflict with the Bible, which it does not. Suddenly, a school teacher by the name of John Scopes was arrested, and Darrow was incensed. He volunteered to defend him. And the climactic event in the trial came when Darrow called to the witness stand the prosecutor, William Jennings Bryan, who was the fundamentalist leader who got the law passed. And believe it or not, Bryant didn't object. The judge didn't object. And on cross-examination, on an outdoor platform, with thousands of people looking on, Darrow utterly destroyed Brian, so much so that Brian, a broken man, laid down for a nap and never woke up. Wow. And by the way, of course, uh, Williams Jennings Bryan, uh, three-time, uh, right? He was a multiple presidential candidate, yeah. former secretary of state. I mean, he was a huge player in his day. What, what do you think is the lesson clearly uh, to fight for free speech, no matter who you're up against, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're seeing some of this today where the government gets involved in partisan censorship and political discourse, polarizing disinformation campaigns, classroom indoctrination. And we see this punitive cancel culture forming where conformity of thought supplants robust debate. And this is anathema to you know, free speech and our Bill of Rights in America, and yet over and over again, we see the government intruding on individual rights, intellectual freedom. And Darrow and Scopes fought for the indispensable proposition that nobody should be told how to think. That is as relevant today as it was at the time of the trial in 1925. What are your thoughts on the whole thing with CUNY, the City University of New York, with the speaker who spoke at the commencement, um, the difference between hate speech, because many believe that certainly was where she was bashing Israel, bashing CUNY, bashing the NYPD versus free speech? 
Well, I, you know, free speech is exactly what it means with only a few limitations. And hate speech is protected speech under the First Amendment. And I'm a believer uh, in, in free speech. He certainly exercised it, but there are consequences to your speech, especially if it's hate speech. Uh, and, you know, the public outcry is a reflection of those consequences. And, you know, uh, there, there can also be punishment uh, since this is a government-funded uh, university. It was incredibly unwise uh, for, uh, you know, the City University of New York to select this individual, given her known um, anti-Semitic rants in the past. And, you know, I personally find it appalling, but like Darrow, I would uh, defend her right to speak, even hate speech. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what do you think Clarence Darrow, uh, being able to really like uh, roll up your sleeves and get into the case, how do you think he'd be looking at critical race theory and some of these other things today? Yes, in fact, I devote uh, the end of the book to a discussion about how Darrow would handle critical race theory. You know, 100 years ago, it was evolutionary theory. Now it's a different battlefront and a different theory called critical race theory. And the problem, of course, is there's no universal agreement on what it is and what it means. There are disparate versions of it. The more benign version and I think the correct version of it is that we should not sanitize American history when it comes to teaching students. Uh, they, they, you know, should not receive a cleansed version of the ugly legacy in America of slavery and segregation and racial hatred, Jim Crow laws and those who oppose civil rights for all. And if that's what CRT means, and it does in some places – then an accurate, honest, forthright depiction of American history is appropriate. But unfortunately, in other venues, it is becoming classrooms a venue for hate, uh, for for guilt and shame, where students are being told. And I, I give specific examples in the book. I'm not just making it up. Where students are being told you fall in, into one of two class based on the color of your skin the oppressed or the oppressor. Now, children shouldn't be taught that they're irredeemably racist and feel guilt and shame over that. That's fundamentally wrong, and anybody with an ounce of common sense knows it, and yet it is occurring. Darrow would seek common ground in between. Leave it up to educators and, and with parents' input and administrators to decide what is appropriate and accurate curriculum. Yeah, 1,000%. Well, boy, is your book timely, and boy, is it fascinating. And I'm glad that it inspired you uh, to pursue this incredible career that you have, my friend Greg Jarrett. Everybody, the book is called The Trial of the Century, and you can get it uh, wherever you get your fine books, at bookstores, online, everywhere. It just came out. And again, it is going to be another blockbuster and boy, perfectly timed to what's going on in this country. Greg, thank you very much for being here. Rita, my pleasure. Always great talking to you. And great to have you here, my friend. By the way, everybody coming up after the break and in the next hour, we will be talking about the hate-filled speech of a graduate of CUNY. 
now still a majority of the City University of New York Board of Trustees. They've been silent. By the way, as has Kathy Hochul. Lee Zeldin is saying, where is Kathy Hochul on this issue? We're going to talk about that. Plus, also, your reaction, as you just heard from Greg Jarrett, about the Comer versus Ray battle over that FBI document. The FBI should be handing, handing that over immediately. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Wow, you just heard with me what Greg Jarrett was saying is that this could be a battle royale between Comer and the FBI director over this document. Now we know it exists, but he's going to share it only with Comer and Grassley and a few others. And it probably will be redacted. It won't be handed over to Congress. We know it exists. We know it's also from a credible source that has been credible before, a credible informant with a track record. Comer also knows there's a history of sort of money coming through these securities routes, through these shell companies. And also what Greg Jarrett just said, this blew me away when he said it might be one to two years that if, you know, say Ray says, no, I'm going to fight this, even though he goes after Republicans left and right. But if he says, OK, I'm going to fight this. Well, then guess what? It could be back and forth and back and forth in legal proceedings, and it could go on for a year or two. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let me guess. Maybe he would hand it over right after Election Day in 2024. That wouldn't be called voter suppression at all, would it be? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joan on line two. Joan, your thoughts about all this? Yeah, uh, my thought is this. And this should be plain to anybody that's awake The FBI is giving Comer and the rest of the country the big middle finger because they are not afraid. They are in charge. They will not be prosecuted by a corrupt DOJ. They're all in to protect Biden, and the IRS is right in line with them. Those 12 agents that were summarily dismissed who were investigating Hunter Biden for the last five years, they are dismissed uh, with no explanation, and these people don't feel like they owe us anything. They're in charge. They're in the driver's seat. Biden's in the White House, and now we can see what's going on. We're in a box, and what only with God's blessing will we get out of this box, because if the elections are corrupt, which I think they are, this might be the new normal. Wow. You know, uh, Joan, it is a box, but I do think you got to keep fighting and I think maybe eventually a good conscience will take over. Look, we have seen at least some whistleblowers. That's a big step. I mean, normally in the past you wouldn't see any whistleblowers because they'd be afraid of their jobs or they'd be afraid of the repercussions. 
and a lot of them have lost their job and had repercussions, obviously. But they're still coming forward. So there's still some gutsy Americans out there, and we got to keep fighting for what is just. Um, let's go to George, line five. George, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. My thought about this now is <clears throat> just like we pride ourselves on having civilian control over our military, they should not be allowed to stonewall our intelligence committees. I mean, our agency should not be allowed to stonewall Congress because that's our only voice is our congressional oversight committees. And that should be treated just as seriously as disobeying a direct order from the commander in chief. Otherwise, we have no voice and we're living in a police state. I agree. I agree. The problem is, as you just also heard from Greg Jarrett, is that they can fight it. But there's a lot of legal rope that could be uh, hung, if you will, in terms of timing. The rope will swing for a long time back and forth in terms of how long they can do the legal wrangling. Okay, well, you know what? We're going to fight this one. We're going to fight this. Well, it has to be decided in court. Then we're going to fight this. We're going to. And when you're dealing with the FBI, they will try. It looks like every legal avenue to fight this. And it may go on for a long time. And I, I'm, I'm being facetious, but I wouldn't be surprised if suddenly the FBI releases the document that maybe shows who knows what with Biden, uh, given the track record. And boy, right after the election 2024, suddenly all the legal wrangling ends up and they decide they're just going to turn it over. And who knows if Biden's in office at that point or not. But Boy, that's not voter suppression at all, is it? I'm being facetious because look at the way they handled the Hunter Biden case. Look at the way they are fighting this. It makes me think there's something really damning in that document. We're going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, it is time, FBI Director Christopher Ray, to put the document out there. To me, it is stunning that he is fighting a tooth and nail and trying to parse it by basically telling James Comer, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, you and Senator Chuck Grassley, well, you can come in and look at it in private. It might be redacted. It will be limited. If you have nothing to hide, why do you not just put it on the table and hand it over to Congress it is not supposed to be classified. Apparently, this FBI document also basically comes from a very credible source, an informant that has had a history of being credible in the past. So you've got that. You've got the history of the Biden family somehow getting money from all these different shell companies and offshore accounts, according to James Comer. So that looks awfully fishy. And why is the FBI hiding it? I thought the FBI's job was to just put the facts out there and let the truth fall where it may, not pick and choose who they go after, not pick and choose what kind of information they put out there. And why is the FBI fighting this? What is the deal? Did they not look in 
to the informants' claims, or did they look into it and say, boy, this is really bad. This could mean the removal of a president, and they don't want that to get out there. Does it maybe tip the hand of other securitous routes that the Bidens have used to get money? Uh, did they go through it and clear them? If that was the case, I tend to think Christopher Ray would put that document out because, boy, he seems like a political operator. And I bet if that were the case, he would let it out, which makes me think there is something so damning in this document that he is fighting it tooth and nail. And he is going to drag this out, I think, through every legal means possible. And shame on the FBI for the way that they went after Republicans and so just brutally and full force when anything had to do with, say, uh, January 6th or it had to do with something tied to Steve Bannon or any of these others, they couldn't wait to issue subpoenas. They couldn't wait to do the raid on President Trump's Mar-a-Lago compound. And then yet when the shoe was on the other foot, uh, it's like, oh, I don't know anything about it until James Comer goes, oh, yeah, you actually do have a document. I've actually seen it or gotten information from it. Oh, yeah, 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 I do have a document. Well, then turn it over. So why the fight, Christopher Ray? What is in it that is so damning? Is it something that is really going to be absolutely horrible for the president of the United States that you are fighting tooth and nail? Bring it over. Let the American public decide and bring it to the sunlight. That is my message tonight. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. one 848 Nine two two two. First off, earlier today, I spoke to Professor Alan Dershowitz on Katz and Cosby, and here is what he had to say. Uh, this is what he said. This is actually this is cut number five, and this is where he said that this is time to put it out there so the world can see the document. I think first show it to him privately, make sure it's legitimate, and then show it to Congress, and then show it to the American public. There shouldn't be secrets from the American public when it involves, you know, something as important as that. Um, as you know, I'm a, I'm a liberal Democrat. I voted for, for, for Joe Biden, but I want everything to come out. I don't want any secrets. I don't want to know three years from now or five years from now that there was something that might have impacted an election that was withheld. I want everything to come out. Bravo, 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 Professor Dershowitz. Can you imagine if there's something in there that is as damning, by the way, as some of the stuff in the Hunter Biden laptop. Remember, we couldn't see that. And it was all orchestrated with the 51 intelligence agents. And then Joe Biden talked about it during the debate. Oh, no, there's nothing in that thing. There's no laptop. What are you talking about? And the American public didn't know when they went to the voting booth that there were serious questions with the Biden family. That's putting it mildly. Now, what are you going to do? Suppress this? I think that's a superb point. It's even more important that this come out, especially because it could impact an election. What if it turns out that it shows that Joe Biden is utterly corrupt, that he did indeed get five million dollars in exchange for changing some policy? And what if it's all right out there by an informant, a credible one, and it can be proven with backed up documents and so forth? What if it's there for the whole world to see? You think that we should wait until Election Day, until all the votes are cast, and then suddenly you drop the bombshell? Is that the way justice works in America? Shame on the FBI. If there is nothing to hide, you should put it out there. 
And James Comer says that this information about this particular document fits an M.O., fits the pattern that he has seen with other things. Because remember, he's been able to look at all the Biden documents. He's been able to get a see of the pattern of where money's coming from, whether it's been coming from China, the mayor of Moscow's wife. What about Romania, all these different places, Ukraine? And yet they've all been kind of coming through like four or five different, different bank accounts. And then suddenly it ends up in a Biden family member. And he says, this seems to fit the pattern of that. So if that isn't sort of another further corroboration, that certainly piques your interest. I don't know what does. Here is James Comer talking about that. We know from the evidence that we've already produced, there is a pattern all across the globe of Joe Biden's family receiving money from foreign nationals immediately after he departs Air Force Two, uh, meeting with these foreign diplomats, uh, talking about foreign policy and things like foreign aid. So there's a pattern here that would suggest this allegation is more than credible. Yeah, Ed. Not to James Comey, though, the former FBI director. This guy, boy, he is like an apologist for the FBI. And I don't know if anybody tarnished the FBI more than the former FBI director, James Comey. Uh, But here he was today making his two cents on CNN. And so do you believe now, as these some of these politicians call for defunding of the FBI, that that has been corrected and that now the procedures are in place to avoid those kind of mistakes in the future? I think so. But in complex investigations, there's always going to be mistakes. It doesn't mean the FBI is incompetent, honest and independent. Right. And meantime, here is James Comey also again, not political at all. And here he is putting his two cents in of his former boss, Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the leader of a cult who has radicalized his followers. And dealing with a radicalized populace is incredibly challenging because it's so hard for someone who's been defrauded and radicalized to walk away. I get why so many of his followers want to memory hold January the 6th, because those images whisper to those people, you fool, look what you did. And that's too painful for most humans to deal with. So they memory hold it and they go deeper into the cult. That's a phenomenon we've seen in Islamic radicalism. That's a phenomenon we've seen in religious radicalism. It's an enormous challenge. The most important thing is that we as a free society use our votes to make sure the cult leader is not returned to a position where he can really do damage to our country. So Donald Trump is a cult leader, according to James Comey, and James Comey is Mother Teresa. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ, line one. BJ, your thoughts. This is uh, unbelievable to hear from James Comey. Makes me want to puke. You don't, don't you miss him? Really? Him and his crazy, uh, 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 you know, uh, one-offs, you know, uh, like the Buddha, drinking uh, the red wine from the cup. Uh, this guy was a piece of work. It, it, does anyone remember what he did? Under cover of night, he got it went to a FISA court and he got warrants to spy on the Trump campaign. Does this all ring a bell? Exactly. And by the way, he still defends the investigation even after everything. That's what that's what's amazing. He's like not any self-reflection. He just said that, you know, that, yeah, it was warranted what we did despite that, what we know. And despite all the stuff from Durham, all the stuff. No, no, no. You know, what we did was correct and, you know, orange man bad. Yeah, they, they, you know, let's let's boil it down. They don't they're all part of the swamp. And Donald Trump was the disruptor. He 
decided to cut off the money flow. And uh, that's why they wanted rid of him. They didn't want him to be president. They didn't want any of his people in. They kept coming back at him. You had a man who wrote two books, Witch Hunt and uh, The Russia Hoax, lays it all out what took place, how they tried to uh, uh, bl- uh, exonerate Hillary Clinton, who uh, was uh, had, uh, running her own little government uh, up there in Chappaqua with a server of uh, uh, over 35,000 emails that got deleted and on and on and so forth. So as far as I'm concerned, this brings us to uh, our present friend, uh, uh, the head of the current FBI, who will not disclose to the public the truth that we have a right to know. We pay the bills. The, the American people pay for this. This is theirs in many respects. And there's a way of concealing sources and means and not giving up identity. And in my opinion, and this is just my humble opinion, the FBI has become a tool of the Democrat Party. It needs to be broken up and taken out of Washington in order to be salvaged from itself. Yeah, I agree. By the way, BJ, I agree. I've never seen such a political. And listen, there are great folks who work for the FBI. I want to make that clear that it seems to be a lot of the folks in the leadership. I do believe there's some lower ranking you know, or not the top ones, if you will, um, that are good folks. And listen, it takes a lot of guts for these whistleblowers of late to come forward. I give them so much credit. But but boy, I have never seen the FBI picking and choosing. And I just brought up those examples of, you know, of what they were, how the way they handled Steve Bannon, the way they handled the Mar-a-Lago raid, the way they handled, I mean, the list, how about the January 6th, all the January 6th people, it was like guppies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to go after these people. If they were anywhere near Washington that day, uh, you know, they were like full force. They didn't seem to have a problem with that. At least the leadership didn't. And yet now well, I, I, this, I mean, that what a double standard. It's disgusting, BJ. Well, I, I can double battle you that. Uh, you, the two lawyers that burned the police cars, the DOJ took their deal off the table and they're looking at 18 months. Whereas the guy who put the feet on the desk of Nancy Pelosi got four and a half years or some such. This is this is unbelievable what we're watching. And, you know, I I, Dershowitz was right. We need there is no reason why this information should not be made uh, in some way public, maybe not fully transparent, like I said, to protect source and means. But we should see this. And the reason everyone should be asking, I don't care what party you're in, anyone who you voted for, everyone should be saying, why is this being concealed? Why are we not being able to see this piece of paper? This is a powerful piece of paper. This is going to this is as powerful as the laptop, in my opinion. That's why they're withholding it. They don't want people to see what the situation is, where these this could this could very well be a list of payoffs. Who gets what, how much and 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 where it goes. I mean, why don't we just see it? Maybe it's maybe it's yoga. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, recipes and, uh, you know, uh, yoga poses. (laughs) Right. Uh, Like like Hillary. Right. By the way, you know what makes me um, even more suspicious, BJ, the fact that they are fighting so tooth and nail. That makes me think there's something here, because if it wasn't anything, they'd be like, oh, this is just one of many and it's not a big deal or whatever. Here it is. The fact that they are fighting so voraciously for this um, to me makes me think that there's something here. And I actually think this could potentially be much bigger than the Hunter Biden laptop, because you could make the case this apparently goes directly to Joe Biden himself. 
when he was vice president. The allegation is a pay for play, a criminal, quote, money scheme, again, alleged until we see it all. Um, but if they lay it out there and if it turns out to be credible, because we don't know again, but if it turns out to be credible or if they even suspected that it was credible and they didn't follow up, I mean, there are so many issues here. And this could potentially this could be the end of his uh, presidency if it turns out to be true. It's a big if we don't know. But if it is true, that is really bad news for this presidency and it is shameful for the FBI. And and what what are they afraid of, BJ? Right. The truth. You know, see it. Let's see it. Let's all take a look and see. And maybe maybe it's uh, much ado about nothing. I have a feeling it's not. Otherwise, they would uh, they'd hand it over with it. Yeah, they'd hand it over. I agree. I agree. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Do you believe like me and BJ, this could be a bombshell? And that's why the FBI is fighting it tooth and nail. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, we won't forget about Christopher Ray, that's for sure. By the way, the one good thing that came from this conversation he had with Congressman James Comer, chairman of the House Oversight Committee, of course, led by Republicans, and they had a phone call today, is that Ray did confirm there is an FBI form detailing a bribery scheme. Uh, that's basically what Comer said he's looking for. He said, here's what it is. And he said, yeah, we do have a document like that. Uh, so the good news is we know it exists. The bad news is our FBI director is doing cover for our president of the United States. How disgraceful. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Bob, line eight. Bob, your thoughts. Rita, I love your show. Thank you. What, what do you think should happen now with Christopher Ray? Well, let me tell you this. Um, I just want to go back a little bit. In the last debate, Joe Biden lied to the country right to our faces and said that the laptop was Russian disinformation. And to prove that, he had four, 51 former CIA people like Brennan Clapper, all these people who lied themselves and admitted that they were basically pushed into doing this, signed this letter. So Biden gets elected. We were the Republicans screaming about this. Now, then we have the Republicans after the midterms and they win. They methodically spell out with bank records, LLCs, several of them set up with no reason that they're set up, no business interest other than to funnel money to the Biden family. It's unbelievable. Where are the Republicans screaming every day? We understand we're, we're never going to get anywhere with MSNBC, CNN, and, 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 and the crazy left. We, we know we're going to get nowhere with those channels. But where are the Republican Party and the Republicans, both House and Senate, screaming bloody murder? So eventually it will possibly get to these stations. Now we have this letter from the FBI. Of course the FBI is not going to want to give it up. Because if they've had this since Joe Biden's been vice president and they allowed this man to become president knowing they had this document, we already know they're corrupt and they're garbage. What do you think we're going to think about them now? So, of course, they're going to want to hold back on that document. Where is the Republican Party screaming bloody murder? So I have one question for you, Rita. I want you to imagine the same scenario I just gave you, a debate, bank records, 
an FBI document showing corruption, but it was all under Donald J. Trump. What do you think would happen with the Democratic Party? Oh, they'd go crazy. And, Bob, that's a great description because you're right. Uh, where are the Republicans? There's a few that I think uh, have a set of cojones, and I will give Jim Jordan on the list, and I'll say James Comer have that. Um, but you're right. A lot of them are just kind of like waffling along and just kind of doing they're like sheep. Um, and you're right. They need to get a set of cojones and fight this because uh, the Democrats by this time, they would have impeached Trump 10 times over each wire transfer. You know, I mean, for every million, there would have been an impeachment, which probably means about 20 million, I think, by now. Right. So 20 impeachments. Um, and that's why the Republicans need to really have courage and go after the facts. And especially now that Comer has the bank records, he's not just talking hypothetically, he's got the bank records. What he does need to prove is what were the policy changes. And that's why this document is said to be so important, because apparently it goes right to Joe Biden as VP, as you said, um, and also it goes directly to him, apparently through some similar routes that James Comer has been able to also identify with the current transfers. So it's really compelling evidence. No wonder he wants this information. And I also think he needs to put some more pressure on witnesses to come forward, too. Uh, what about the guy, you know, uh, you know, uh, Devin Archer, um, who they're trying to probably work on to get a deal. He is a Hunter Biden business partner. Surely he knows something, I would imagine, more than he shared. Maybe there's some deal that can be cut with him. Uh, but it's time to put on the big boy pants and go for it. I agree with you uh, because Democrats would have done it years ago. And you are so right, Bob. Absolutely. Let's go to Tony. Line two. Tony, your thoughts. Republicans need to fight fire with fire. Listen, Rita, doesn't anybody just meet person to person? I mean, for goodness sake, a phone call after all these months and then he's playing and says, I have it. If he would have gone there, if he would have gone with his subpoena and, and used the FBI-style Mar-a-Lago, we're here, this wouldn't have happened. It's just they're playing with them, Rita. I mean, a phone call, give me a break. Well, but that's all the FBI would allow. But you're right. I believe the FBI is playing with them. And that's why Republicans need to buck up and really go for it. Because the fact that they're holding back, well, that says a lot. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a beautiful story coming from Hebron, Kentucky, where World War II veteran Richard Stewart is planning to travel soon to France 
to observe D-Day's 79th anniversary in Normandy. Stewart, now 102 years old, was among the more than 160,000 Allied forces that landed on the beaches of Normandy, France, on June 6, 1944. A member of the U.S. Army Signal Corps, Richard Stewart was one of about 2,000 black soldiers who took part in the invasion. He said, I still say I thank the Lord for taking me over in my right mind and bringing me back in my right mind. The Cincinnati neighbor, uh, native will leave CVG Airport to join a group of veterans being flown to Normandy by the nonprofit Best Defense Foundation. He is the oldest veteran in the group of one of three black veterans taking part in this very, very special event. And how powerful that he will be there in Normandy uh, commemorating uh, D-Day, the 79th anniversary again on June 6th, right around the corner. Well, we are talking about Comer and the FBI and the fact that Christopher Ray isn't handing over the documents, which makes me think there is even more to the story than meets the eye. Again, it is supposed to be tied to a money scheme dealing with a foreign national tied to a country. So it makes you wonder, what is it? And it comes again from somebody who is, quote, a credible source to the FBI, somebody who's been used as an informant before. Uh, so there is no reason why we cannot see that document. And I hope that the FBI hands it over soon. They better hand it over soon, because how can you influence another election? Uh, you were just talking about the fact that the Hunter Biden laptop was suppressed. Think about how many people might have voted differently if they knew that the Hunter Biden laptop was real. And now this goes right to the heart of the president and you're not going to release it. Shame on you, Christopher Ray. This needs to be fought and it needs to be released. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry. Line four. Larry, your thoughts. Yeah, Rita, I would like to emphasize the point that that uh, of equal importance to the acquisition of this document is for James Comer to push for criminal contempt charges against Christopher Ray, And the reason being... Hey, why Larry, I'm losing you. What? I'm losing you. Go ahead. Okay. The reason being is what you articulated before, okay? Because Steve Baden was held in contempt and arrested by the FBI. What, what, this, what this country has to see is the double standard laid bare before them. If Christopher Ray is held in contempt, like you said... Who is going to arrest him? The answer is nobody. That will create a constitutional crisis of major proportions. People will see in, in technicolor, okay, that the law cannot be applied, okay? That that they're 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 preventing, they're obstructing. The FBI is is, is obstructing justice, and they will see that, and that will create the seeds of revolution. Uh, if it happens again, where we cannot get rid of this president. Yeah, and boy, how sad is that? I mean, you know, the fact that we believe that they will be holding it back um, and then maybe somehow miraculously, just like the Hunter Biden laptop was proven credible, uh, somehow this gets proven credible soon after the election. And you can't have it influence. It needs to come out before. It needs to come out immediately. And I agree with you. I mean, the fact um, you're right as a criminal matter. The other issue, too, 
is, you remember, it would have to go through the DOJ. And there's no way Garland's going to do anything to help James Comer in this case. I mean, you know, talk about a double and triple standard. But you're right. It would actually really create a huge constitutional crisis. And uh, I think it's a discussion worth having because, boy, not handing over the document to me is a lot more serious than Steve Bannon deciding uh, not to testify. Uh, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Steve. Line 7. Steve, your thoughts. Good evening, Rita. How are you? Good. What do you think? Uh, well, I, the chairman you just talked to is partly correct. But if I'm not mistaken, the Supreme Court has an internal police force. Why can't they order the, the officers that work for the Supreme Court to serve papers and make an arrest? Although, first off, it's not their area, um, separation of powers. The other issue is, too, Steve, you really think the Supreme Court that couldn't figure out the leaks of uh, the Dobbs decision, they couldn't figure out who leaked that. You think they're going to be able to figure out how to get Christopher Ray? Uh, that's a that's a fairy tale. I don't see them doing it. Let's go to Teddy. Line five. Teddy, your thoughts. Yeah. Yes, Rita. I said this already once before, and I'll say it again. Okay. Just just a minute. Okay. I'm right. Yeah, Teddy. Teddy, take your time. You're only on a national show, but go ahead. It's off. It's off. It's off. I said this already before to you, and I'll say it again. Let the chips fall where they fall for both sides, Rita. You're so emphatic in criticizing Comer. Uh, excuse me. I'm, uh, uh, Comey. 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 Comey the homie. Okay. <laughs> You're so emphatic about criticizing him and laying the blame on him and criticizing Ray as if he's part of a cabal. They're not handing it over. Ted, Ted, you just said let the chips fall where they may. They are asking for a document. Congress has the authority to ask for this document. Ray didn't even admit that he had the document until Comer in the conversation. Comer says, I basically told him what's in the document because he clearly either saw maybe an image of it or maybe spoke to the informant who said, here's what's in it. And then suddenly Ray said, oh, yeah, there is a document like that. Like he was basically trying to be coy. Why in God's name would the FBI director not just want to hand it over, Ted? If there's nothing there, just hand it over. Just say, hey, yeah, we looked into it. It's bogus. Or or maybe there's more to it. That's what makes me think there's potentially more to it. We okay. don't know, but but it sure looks fishy, don't you think, Teddy? Well, That's I improper. Feel that he eventually, he will hand it over, and it's same thing. Why I fight hope- it? Why fight I it, hope- Ted? Why fight it? Why I'm fight? I'm not it? a lawyer. I, 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 and I'm not either. But, but I'm an American, and so are you. I mean, let me just ask you, common sense, Ted. Why fight it? Oh, okay. Well, okay, why fight it? Okay, same thing dealing with Trump and the documents in Mar-a-Lago. Jack Smith is going to come up with the with the decision on his investigation, and I hope you support his decision, whether or not whether or not he finds any fault with Trump or not. And if he does find fault with Trump, I hope you support it. Well, and let's see where the facts go. By the way, Ted, I'm all for let the fox facts fall where they may, wherever the truth is. That's what I'm for. And I'm glad you and I agree on that. Uh, let's go to Mike, South Carolina. Mike, your thoughts. Hey, Hello. Mike, go ahead. Oh, that was quick. How you doing, Rita? Go ahead. Good, good. Yeah. Well, you know, I just tuned in a little while ago, Southern Kent, and uh, it's amazing. A couple of callers back, 
you know, if things were reversed and if it happened to the Democrats, you know, about the Republicans, oh, this dirty laundry, oh, God, Chucky Schumer, you know, he'd go on and on and on and on. He'd whine and file papers. I hope, you know, those papers, the documents, you know, where are you going to hide now, Joe Biden and Hunter? You know, and everything else uh, with the FBI. And, and you heard what uh, I said, Mike. Why are they fighting it? If there's nothing there and if it was something that either they looked into or uh, or you know, they thought was bogus or whatever, hand it over. The fact that they're not makes me think there really is something there. Why else would you be fighting it tooth and nail, Christopher Ray? And he seems to be more than happy whenever it's Trump. Uh, I mean, the double standards are just uh, blaring. You know, oh, don't worry about Biden's classified documents. But, boy, let's go raid Mar-a-Lago. Does that sound like a real fair America, Mike, to you? Well said. Well said. And the papers might be in the little red Corvette in in, uh, Delaware. And here's the last one. Right, by the cracked out sun. Yeah. And Biden, hey, you know, as you make your exit, you know, uh, on a Marine helicopter, you'll have your Tom Cruise sunglasses and your, your ice cream cone to be melting. You could put some patriotic sprinkles, red, white and blue on your ice cream cone. You know, <laughs> well All said. Right. Well said, Mike. Thank you very much. And before we go tonight, uh, an update to on CUNY on this speaker. So far, a new report says a majority of the trustees from the city of New York have remained silent as people are, needless to say, pretty outraged over that terrible hate speech delivered by the law school grad, the commencement speaker. And now we're finding out that there have been prior speakers that have also had really disgusting vitriol spewed. Uh, take a listen first off. Here's a little bit of the speaker. This is the commencement speech, remember, at the law school for the City University of New York. This is an unbelievable speech. That, to me, was shameful and despicable. And the fact that now we're learning that basically everybody in the audience was clapping. They thought it was great, including the dean of the law school, thought this was such great work. And there's word now that the dean, there is discussions at least to fire the dean. Uh, I say bravo. Anybody responsible who allowed this, knowingly and allowed this person to make this hateful speech should not be there, whoever it is. Uh, Take a listen. Here's a little bit of the speaker at a commencement speech. Take a listen. Like many of you, I chose CUNY School of Law for its articulated mission to be law in the service of human needs. One of very few legal institutions created to recognize that the law is a manifestation of white supremacy that continues to oppress and suppress people in this nation and around the world. Isn't that an inspiring commencement speech? And here is a little bit more where the speaker, again, the speaker blasted Israel, but also blasted the NYPD, the military, and also ICE Immigration's Customs Enforcement. We are the class. We are the class that fought for incarcerated clients and zealously filed for their clemency applications with nearly zero institutional support. We are the class that fought for for clients to get asylum, that went to court to reunite families torn apart by ACS and the family surveillance. We are the class that organized against using Lexus, a legal research company contracted with ICE. And we did all of this in spite of the racism, in spite of the selective activism, the self-serving interests of CUNY Central, an institution that continues to fail us, 
that continues to train and cooperate with the fascist NYPD. The fascist NYPD also spewed hatred towards Israel. And why are any of the trustees silent on something like this? We do know, of course, that the chairman of the board of trustees has spoken out. The chancellor did, too, labeling it not freedom of speech, but hate speech. That's appropriate. But why are more people not speaking out about it, especially after all this time? This is Professor Alan Dershowitz, who says that CUNY law is a disgrace. Only the tip of the iceberg. Uh, City University of New York Law School is an embarrassment to the legal profession, an embarrassment to the city of New York. And earlier today, I spoke with Jeffrey Lax on Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis at 5 o'clock on 77 WABC. And this guy was a blockbuster. He is a current law school professor at CUNY. And he was outraged. He is still there. He's been there like 20 years. And he said that CUNY has basically had a history of anti-Semitic comments from their speakers. And he said that there's a middle of an investigation for prior anti-Semitic comments. And that's why he believes that first this speech was taken down offline And then he was labeled to get a copy of it. And he is also saying this needs to be severely investigated and the funding to CUNY needs to be investigated as well. Remember, it is state funds. So taxpayers are paying for this, this hogwash. That's incredible. Lee Zeldin also coming out. He, of course, ran against Kathy Hochul in the New York governor's race. And he's also blasting Kathy Hochul saying, why are you silent? Where are you? Why are you not speaking out about it? Eric Adams, to his credit, has said this is hate speech. It's, you know, this is a big difference between free speech and hate speech. Um, Richie Torres, Democratic congressman, also speaking out about it. But where is Kathy Hochul? Crickets, crickets, crickets. Here is the CUNY professor, Jeffrey Lacks, again, a current law school professor of 20 years there. And he said he could not stay silent any longer. Take a listen. What really enrages me about uh, what you're asking about is, you know, listen, when I was a student, Rita and Pete, I was an idiot, okay? Students have a right to be idiots. You have a right to be stupid. You have a right to make mistakes. You should be stupid. You should be making mistakes. That's why you have faculty there. To me, who is really wholly responsible here is the administration who saw the speech and allowed it to go on. Because, yes, the answer to both of your questions is absolutely yes. People knew her ideology. People knew what she was going to say we should get, when, they, when, she, when she got out there. And for the administrators who are full complaining now that the speech was changed, well, guess what? Go back and watch the video, and what do you see in the video? They're standing for her, clapping for her, rising for her, and applauding for her. So they heard that speech again after it was changed, and loved it, it seemed even more. That is a great point. And you see, apparently, the dean of the law school clapping like, my girl, how beautiful. Isn't she great? Uh, I mean, this is unconscionable. And what a sad sign of the times. And what do you think the repercussions should be to the City University of New York, its leadership? And what do you think the message this sends and the fact that most of them have remained silent? Boy, that speaks volumes. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take your calls when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show.
Well, you have heard that shocking commencement speech by that law school grad slamming Israel, the FDNY, uh, the NYPD, the military. It goes on and on and on. And earlier today, uh, Jeffrey Lacks, who is a CUNY law school professor, said that he believes at first uh, the speech was taken offline uh, because there's already an investigation into CUNY over past anti-Semitic comments uh, that other speakers and other actions that CUNY has taken. Wow, this sure sounds like a cover-up. Listen to how he described it. This speech was available on video uh, publicly because it was streamed live. And CUNY law immediately wiped it off of the Internet completely right after it was after the commencement ended. Um, And then what happened was we my group, Safe CUNY, uh, I'm a proud co-founder of, foiled the video because we had heard that it was really bad. And they didn't give it to us because they didn't want to give it to us, but they made it public. So the question is, why did they hide it to begin with? CUNY Law School is under state investigation right now pursuant to a complaint that we made, my organization made, that they have BDS policy. Their faculty has unanimously adopted BDS as policy in the institution. And her speech gave... And her speech, well, he said, just fueled the flames. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tim on line two. Your thoughts about this, team? Hey, good evening, Rita. Um, So I'm actually a professor at uh, Queens College. Uh, Been there for quite a while. All right. Um, Wow. So what do you think? (laughs) What do I think? Well, I think we, we really have to talk about where she's getting all these ideas from in the first place. And that means we have to look at the administrators and the professors. She's not just coming up with all of this garbage on her own. She is being indoctrinated, as are the rest of the students there at CUNY Law and at a lot of other, unfortunately, at a lot of other CUNY campuses. Um, she's being indoctrinated and brainwashed by these Marxist, leftist, anti-American, anti-Jewish uh, folks. Now, and and let me ask you, Tim. I mean, I yeah. assume you obviously disagree with this. How many people are there like you who disagree with it, or most of them uh, believe with what she's saying? I, I think in CUNY, it really depends on the campus. Uh, thankfully, Queens College itself is a lot better than most. Um, we don't have as many crazies, but when you certainly go to some of the community colleges and other other CUNY campuses, it's a lot worse. Um, we need a better vetting process of professors. That's what we need. We need a strict vetting process so that these lunatics are not hired in the first place, so yeah. that they're not there to indoctrinate students in the first place. I agree. By the way, 1,000%. Tim, thank you very, very much for the call. Let's go to Bob on line three. Bob, your thoughts? Uh, I would not deal with any law firm that hires somebody from CUNY Law. Ah, you would, is that the, what about taking funds away from CUNY? But you know who would hire them? Alvin Bragg would say, boy, this is the perfect person for me. Yeah. (laughs) This is Alvin Bragg's dream, don't you think, Bob? Yeah, pretty close, but it's just like the FBI, the CIA, and DOJ, They've all become soldiers of the Democrat crime 
organization. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It sure, got, it sure seems like one big old cabal, Bob. I, I definitely agree with you on that. Let's go to Rick. Line one. Rick, your thoughts. Hello, beautiful. Yes, they have infected everything. And um, they put Marxists, socialists, and communists in not just the colleges, but the grade schools, too. Um, I've come across a couple of them doing research on climate science. And one name comes to mind, Naomi Oreskes, who's a real big socialist. And she's one of those people that came up with the uh, 95 to 100 percent consensus on global warming, which is a bunch of crap. Well, and, and by the way, I would have loved to have heard at least something on global warming compared to the uh, crap that we heard from this woman. You know, I mean, this was like vile and, and disgusting. Not that some of the uh, climate folks aren't loony kazuni too. Uh, but this woman, like, she even blasted CUNY. I mean, what a sad testament that is. I hope that more of them have the courage to speak out. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.